Hi, this is Leslie. Welcome to the Walnut Women podcast, where we like to discuss topics through the lens of God's Word. In this episode, Katie, Alice, and Jessica join me as we talk about adoption and how God reveals His heart to us through our spiritual adoption into His family in Christ Jesus. All right, welcome to this podcast. We have one um, special guest with us today, and um, this is Jessica Lee, and um, she's joining us as a guest as this this topic today is about adoption, God's um, spirit of adoption, and um, we wanted to invite her to share a little later about her own experiences. Um, but before we go into the deeper discussion, I would just like to break the ice and ask you guys, um, how many kids did you think that you wanted to have when you, when you were younger? I will start with Alice. <laughs> sure. Well, I always wanted two kids because I grew up with a sister and I found that two, it is a perfect number for the parents. So when we start getting like, you know, uh, uh, I would say uh, tired or a little bit uh, uh, throwing tantrum and one of our parents is always available to take care of one of us. So I think she was a perfect number for us. And when I got married to Ray, and he's just, he grew up as a single child. So he is fine with however many kids that I wanted. So so two is just perfect number. And yep, so that's what we have, two. And also have one of two kids as well. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Um, I always wanted to have four. I wanted to have four. We wanted, I came from a family of four. Mike uh, comes from a family of five. Mm-hmm. So we thought wow. we'd like to have, have fun with our family. You know, we have siblings to play with and we want our kids yeah. to have one another to play with. Yeah, I also <laughs> wanted to because <laughs> that's all I knew of. It was just me and my brother <laughs> at home. So yeah, it was just two at the time. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, now you guys are going to beat that number because <laughs> you have a third one on the way. Yes. <laughs> um, which, how does it feel to have the third on the way? It's very exciting. Um, I It does feel a lot hotter these days. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but very- other than that, <laughs> yeah, we're excited. We're excited to have three. It's really hard to be like full term pregnancy in the the summertime. That's like Mm. a really common complaint. How about you, Um, Leslie? How many did you want? Oh, yeah, same with everyone. I think my own experience um, I come from a family of three kids, and I thought, yeah, for sure, that was the normal thing. It was kind of like a lot. I didn't know a ton of families with three kids, Mm. but in as a kid, I actually thought we could have had one more sibling Mm. and I would have been happier to have um, like another younger sibling. But then, um, yeah, that was just how um, God's plan was for my family. And yeah, so we have three kids Mm. now. I was open to four. I think we still are um, through not biological, but possibly other means. Um, Mm. So uh, we'll just get right into our topic today. Um, it is about adoption, but before we talk about the, um, the legal type of adoption, I wanted to ask you guys to share um, what your relationship with God is like 
um, in particular, his, his uh, fatherly um, heart mm. and this, this relationship that you have with him as a daughter. And I know it, it kind of gets interesting um, as we become adults, there's this tendency to think we need to act a certain way. And then we forget mm. that our identity is still like a child of God. Um, so as an adult, as a woman, how do you relate to God now when you call him your father or when you pray to him or when you need him, mm. when you need him as a father there? I think for me, of all the re, um, uh, relationships that are described in the Bible between us and God, I mean, he's a good shepherd, he's our refuge and our strength, he is our master, mm -hmm. he's our friend. The one that always comes back to me as most precious is him as, our, as my heavenly father. You know, recently I had some dental work done <laughs> and I'm really skirmish about pain. <laughs> and... And the prayer that I'm going in and when I'm sitting in the chair and any time that I feel anxious, I say, God, you're my heavenly father. Please hold my hand. Because mm. as a mother, I, or, you know, I would hold my child's hand and mm. hug them when they're in fear or have trouble. Mm. And, and that's the image of God that is most precious to me mm. in times of uh, need, in times of uh, anxiety. That image of God is the one that I turn to. Hmm. Yeah. That is so sweet, Katie, because uh, when I was, um, when Leslie was asking this question and this one verse just popped in my head, uh, that is from John chapter one, verse 12. Uh, Jesus says that, you know, um, whoever receive him, then God gives the right to, uh, for them to be the children of God. And that's the first time when I read that verse, um, it didn't hit me so much, but as we were studying and preparing for this topic, this conversation, and that verse came back to me. And I remember Leslie recently told me that she, she started realizing how, um, different, how precious it is when she prayed and she would pray to her heavenly father. I mean, she would literally address God as her heavenly father. And that just kind of resonated with me because uh, like, said, like you were saying, um, even being a mother, uh, an adult woman, um, we have so many needs in the times that I want to be strong for my boys. And I want to be like, you know, like not the mom with the iron fist, but the mom with like the strength right. and like you know, that they can trust and they can depend on. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes I feel like, you know, I do not see myself being that strength they can lean on. But yet when I look to my heavenly father and that's where he can strengthen me in ways that I cannot see, that I don't see. Um, I remember before my earthly father went home to Jesus, um, I always went back to him, went back to him to talk to him a lot about a lot of uh, my insecurities and mm -hmm. what um, problem I had. I, mean, I always saw his counsel. My dad was, um, even when he came to know Jesus just two weeks before he passed on but he was very uh wise and he was mm -hmm. a trustworthy father to me um and to my family yeah but after he passed away i know that he's in the you know with, with jesus but and then it's how my heavenly father comes into my heart that role that he plays that i cling onto him even more you know compared to mm -hmm. before my earthly father went away so um I just see how that is so important to me and uh, our Heavenly Father Father really um, means so much to me that I will always cling onto him. Um, yeah, in every moment of time, especially when I have needs. I too feel like 
you know, the, the, our own experiences growing up in our households and we kind of see across, you know, other families, like that father figure is so needed in, you know, your upbringing. And I think that when we realize our own fathers, biological fathers um, had their limits and were imperfect and couldn't meet all of our needs, that I think it was so reassuring for me. Um, I've been a Christian since I was six, but it wasn't until I was in college where I felt that I personally um, experienced this aspect of God as my Abba Father. And that was such a powerful um, and very healing experience for me to, to just know that he wasn't just my creator, but he is the perfect Heavenly Father that welcomes me with open invitation. Um, and I think naturally, um, when we think about kids growing up, like there's a lot of fears, they have a lot of fears. And I don't think that when you become mature, when you become an adult, that you stop being afraid of things. You just become afraid of different things new things or more complicated things and yeah like Katie you were sharing when you are you know we're getting your dental work done and you just needed God to walk you through it hold your hand and hold you I feel like I still need God I still need him to be my heavenly father walking me through these um these journeys I think I think it's harder when you're an adult and there's this false um, security of thinking that you need to rely on your own wisdom and strength. Um, but yeah, I, I think I always want to know, like, what does it look like to have childlike faith when um, you're an adult? Because I think there's this pressure of thinking that we have to have it all or we have to know it all. Um, but there's so much freedom to be able to um, find a completely perfect father and God. I think when families adopt another child and then they formalize and legalize and that child becomes their own, it is kind of like a physical picture of what happens to us spiritually when we, when we receive salvation. It, it's not just that we became saved, but it, it's this whole concept of God choosing us and bringing us into his family to share in the fellowship that he has with um, his son and his spirit. And I just, and, oh, and then our status changes. Like we, we no longer become, we're no longer slaves to sin or we, we are no longer under that spirit of bondage, but we receive the spirit of adoption. And that's like straight from scripture. This whole concept of adoption is, from God. And I think the act of like a physical adoption when families choose another child, mm -hmm. it really puts on display the gospel of yes. our father, our creator, choosing us and bringing us into his family so we can have these, I call blessings and privileges. And I think it's just, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you guys like just when you think about you being like a fellow daughter and heir with Christ or everything that belongs to God, 
you have access to? Like, how do you respond to that? Well, okay. So Leslie, like as you shared earlier, I think that um, one thing that, um, again, like I was studying this, um, this topic and I was thinking, oh, you know, God out of his will, he chose us. He chose mm-hmm. to adopt us. Mm-hmm. And then I think about like Jess and Aaron and other friends that I've known that have um, gone to adoption. It's, all, mm-hmm. it's also out of their own will that they're willing to taking a child into their family, just as God did, does with us. Again, it's out of their own will. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said earlier, that our Heavenly Father, that out of his will, he chose us and he's willing to give us the opportunity to be in his family just mm-hmm. reminds me how from day one even before this war was formed you know he created heaven and earth and he gave life to each one yeah. of us and he he desired that relationship with us mm-hmm. you know and uh, even though we are we, we fall into sin but he is willing to uh, redeem us with his son jesus christ and um he wants us to be in his family and that we are now. Those of who have received Jesus are now in his family. Mm-hmm. And so for, and as, as you said, we have shared so many blessings and so many, even just the hope in Christ um, by believing him. And how do I now want other people, especially the children um, who are put for adoption, because their family, because maybe their family have, um, some issues of raising them up or mm-hmm. um, or they have, you know, no resources or the parents have to make different choices. At that point, and I see that they also deserve the opportunity to be adopted into a family where they can receive God's love, where they can experience um, who Jesus is, you know. And, I, and then so I, I do see that, you know, the people that, definitely, you know, that these are adoption or they have experienced God's love themselves and they're willing to, mm-hmm. you know, extend that God's love and God's grace unto these children that they want to take into their family. So to me, it is, it's a definitely action, like, you know, mm-hmm. act on their faith. I mean, the parents mm-hmm. who adopt the children, they act on their faith and they believe in Jesus, uh, in God, and to want to bring another child to their family so that that child can also have the blessing the spiritual mm-hmm. blessing as well as physical and, you know, blessing um, like any one of us has. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a beautiful sight. Mm-hmm. I think for some... is um, uh, a very a generous spirit, you know, yeah. when you adopt someone that's uh, not biologically or, you know, uh, that's, is a, it's sort of like um, a stranger. Yeah. Uh, yeah into your family so yeah. you really have to have a very generous heart and that's the way that god has for us that mm. he's willing to give us in his inheritance mm-hmm. so i mean you could adopt someone and say well you know i'll take care of you but i'm not going to give i'm not going to share my inheritance with you the same way that i mm. share with my biological kids mm. right right so right mm. and the, that spirit of generosity of like when I adopt you into a family, even though we we, we were once enemies of God, yes. and he's not yeah. really he's not just saying, "Well, I, I'll get you in the door, but you're not going to get everything," you know. <laughs> no, mm. he's giving us a full inheritance, and yeah. I think that's the spirit of adoption of God that motivates um, those who choose to adopt mm. to want to be have a spirit of generosity, and you're not going to say. Oh, you know, you get less inheritance. You're going to split it evenly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. 
You know, I think adoption is such a radical concept to maybe some people, some Americans. I think it confronts certain values that we have as Americans, um, even um, the value of what we think as the most permanent or deepest bond that one can have on earth, which is, you know, usually known as a bio, your bio, biological bond to your family that most people would say that's like the deepest bond you can have on earth. I think adoption also confronts this um, value of self-preservation that like you guys were saying, you only give the best to your own and it, the, your own ends with your biological family. And it's so radical and crazy to think mm -hmm. that you would bring someone else into that status of um, mm -hmm. being called your own. Um, yeah, so I think in this way, it really reveals how God is so radical in what he has done for um, welcoming us, our identity beforehand. Um, we were lost. We were sinners. Mm -hmm. We were not part of his um, people. Um, so, yeah, I think this is, these are good reflections. You want to add something, Jess? Yeah, I was going to say, it, it feels a little bit like too much credit towards like the generosity of those like who adopt you know I I don't know I feel like at the same time I I think it was just God putting it in our hearts to want to adopt and um it's and I think um something that can be like yes God's adoption God wanting to adopt us like that's so precious and that's so great mm -hmm. with this inheritance and like what's his is ours and I also feel like it's not saying like the person who adopts is like a savior either, you know, it's, that's not what it's supposed to be like. Um, mm -hmm. It is about the child. Um, I don't know. It was just like put into our hearts and I, I don't feel that way about ourselves or anything. I don't, I don't know what other people do, but like, I, it just feels like too much credit is, is towards the uh, um, adopter. You know <laughs> okay well let me ask you this um for those of you guys who who are listening and don't know jessica and aaron have actually a really unique testimony of their adoption story with their son linus um and it you want to explain that just about like the process and how your first child is actually your adopted child yeah sure um, so when we felt like it was ready to have, we were ready to have children, um, we explored the idea of adoption because Aaron, that was on Aaron's mind. And all I knew I wanted was to have children, um, no matter like how it came about. Um, so we went to an adoption meeting. And then after that, we felt God like just calling us to just adopt, um, whether it's international or domestic, uh, he just put in our hearts like every night after mm -hmm. so much prayer that this is a way for us um, to expand our family. So we tried to adopt first. Um, I think um, logistically, like once you have um, your first child, whether biological or adoption, mm -hmm. then you have to wait a certain amount of years until you can actually adopt. So one of the reasons why we want to adopt first is because we wanted our kids close in age. And if we did do adoption second, we, we felt like we might have said, okay, we'll, we'll adopt later, we'll adopt later, and we might not yeah. actually adopt. Really. And that 
closeness in age could be from one year to five years old. Mm-hmm. So we felt like if God's putting it in our hearts now to adopt, let's just do it now and see if this is his will for us. So um, that's what we did. We just wanted to adopt first. So I'm just curious, um, when you say God put it on your heart, I, I want to know a little more about how did you guys feel that passion or burden to pursue it? Like, what happened? Was it like, it's just such a very specific plan. So you want to share a little more? Give us some insight. Um, I think because it says in the Bible to, um, to care for the orphans and the widows um, and to, and we wanted to, yeah, we wanted to do what God has done for us, like adopt him and how he adopted us into his family. We wanted to do the same. We wanted to show that we wanted to experience, I guess, what like he did, you know, just to say it bluntly. And we wanted to, I guess, um, yeah, I guess just, just to try it and see where mm-hmm. it took us to, to see if this is mm-hmm. God's will for us. And I'm, I'm so glad that it worked out um, and that we have Linus with us. I don't think we would have any other way, even if we waited a year or two more. I think it's it's been all worth it. Well, Did you guys? I'm glad, I'm glad that you said that um, you don't feel the... You, you said you're giving too much credit for, for parents who adopt. I guess that would make sense because, you know, you're not doing it out of um, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I want to give, you're not doing it condescendingly, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I'm always kind of, you know, checking my own heart too mm-hmm. about caring for children that I'm not doing it condescendingly like, oh, you need me. You know, and I can give you this, and I can give you a good home, and that's kind of condescending, I think. So yeah. you're not doing it. And so I'm glad you said that you're not. You mm-hmm. don't have that uh, thinking that you are. You are doing it because, but but only only because of what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're just putting on display a picture of the gospel. Right. I think that I whenever I hear of adoption stories, I think it's one of the few things that always makes me emotional and really touched because. It's like another life which was created in the image yes. of God, getting to have access to um, experience that kind of love. And that love is so radical. I, I keep going back to that. Um, just, mm. yeah, it's just so moving to see a picture of, um, you know, a, a family or even our father welcoming um, children into your own family. Mm. Um, so Jess, do you want to share any challenges that you guys have experienced in as it pertains to being adoptive parents? Sure. There was a lot of challenges throughout the journey to adopting Linus. Um, one part of it was the potential matches that we had before him. We had three potential matches. So um, two of them, we just got a phone call saying, oh, someone... Um, really likes your portfolio and um, wants to choose you as your um, uh, as the parents. Um, and then the last potential match, we actually met the birth mom, and she told us right then and there she wanted to choose us. So I think just having that, starting a relationship and starting that feeling of okay, this could be the one, this could be our 
our child and then all of a sudden feeling, okay, this, it, it didn't work out and just feeling heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just being able to lean on God and having him bring us back saying, no, this wasn't a right fit for your family. And what was best for the child, not for you, not for you and Aaron was for mm-hmm. the child to either stay with the birth parent or to go with someone else. Um, and right now he's, he's two years old. So there hasn't been any cultural challenges quite yet. Mm-hmm. He is Hispanic and we do feel like there will come a time where he's going to struggle with his identity. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that's something that we're going to have to work through um, later on. Um, not only his identity being Hispanic, but also his identity in Christ. I think as like any child, like that's what exactly. we want yeah. for our own child, right? Yeah. Um, just to know God. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you said the the struggles, potential struggles down the line with identity, but actually it's not just a struggle that adopted kids have. It's a struggle we all have when we're born is until we figure out what our identity is in Christ, we're still like a work in progress. And um, the deepest bond and more permanent eternal and spiritual bond is with our creator, our heavenly father. Um, so do you guys actually, Jess, um, can you share um, with us if there's anything specifically that adoptive families or parents um, can be supported by the church um, and separate from just parenting, is there anything specific to um, the adoption characteristics? I think with anything, um, prayer um, Mm -hmm. and asking how the adoption process has been going. Um, Financially, it can be a bit difficult. I know that's not talked much um mm-hmm. and yeah just knowing that um just knowing that like the other families out there can evangelize to our child as well um just as any child yeah. and i think something else um i think just knowing some of the terms of adoption um like birth mom versus um real mom or biological mom just like the things that should and should not be said um, sometimes it, it bothers people or sometimes it bothers me, but it just, I think it's just the, um, it's just the knowledge of the adoption world. I mean, we didn't even know some of the terminology too, and like how it, it should be said that, um, the child was adopted instead of is adopted, you know? So like little things like that, I think those are some ways that, um, just to be educated on adoption. I think that's, um, one way that can be supportive. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing um, all those points. Uh, Leslie, ha- I, yeah. Leslie, can I ask you? You said that you would consider more children, but not biological. So, are you <laughs> are considering adoption? Can you tell us about your thoughts? Okay, Katie. Well, if you guys want to know my original um, heart and desire when I was in college, Um, at that time when I was so touched by my Heavenly Father, is I actually said, you know what, when I become married, I want to adopt kids. And that is, that was truly my passion. And to take a step further, I actually wanted to go to China and like live in an orphanage. 
um, that that's exactly what I wanted to do. And then, um, you know, we got married and this was always something on the table to talk about. And, you know, I, I realized that some people are really open. Some people are partially opened. And I think for um, Darren and myself, we had discussed that on his his desires, he could see us adopting after we go through the process of having biological children. Like I know Jess mentioned, will it ever get done? And I, I don't know now what it looks like um, if we're supposed to be praying hard, but I do bring this question up with Darren almost every year. I ask him, are you, are you ready to adopt yet? And I, I, think it, I think it really begins with praying intentionally for it. Otherwise, how would we know where to, how God is leading? Um, but I think, yeah, if, if God um, puts that desire on my heart again, I, um, I'm still praying, even though we're getting quite old to, you know, have, you know, young kids anymore. But yeah, I think it's encouraging when um, we see families adopting. And I think it is something I would like all families to consider or pray about at least just to be open um, ask God if he has a time and place for your family to adopt yeah that prayer is um, I, I like what you said Leslie I think for me I always like the idea of adopting um, I, I know that it's God's heart and and all then I read about adoption but we did not adopt because I think we really didn't intentionally pray about it. It was like a good idea, you know, oh, I would like to do that. Good intentions. But yeah. we didn't really act on it because we didn't really intentionally pray mm -hmm. to see if God uh, wants us to do that. So I, I think for our family, we, we kind of missed out on that because we had good intentions, but didn't really act on it, even with prayer. Yeah, well, that's what this community is for. When we see other families stepping out in faith, I think they're mm -hmm. setting an example of um, things that we, that God can give us more faith for. Yes. I know it's a faith journey in itself. So thanks, Jess, for um, being obedient to God and uh, faithfully walking in the path he has for your family. So it encourages us. Mm -hmm. um, to consider and hopefully to pray intentionally and see if this is God's will for other families at our church. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. That is from Ephesians 1. Join us next time on the Walnut Women podcast. Thanks for listening.